0: It's Halloween week. The good news is there's no blizzard coming, but it's going to be cold.
1: Very nicely done. <laughs> Very nicely done.
0: This is way over our heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, how are you doing on this late October evening?
1: <laughs> you know, it's a chilly one, but it's, uh, you know, another beautiful fall day in Minnesota.
0: Well, it sounds like this may be uh, enjoy, what was it today, about 38 or so? But we're going from there down, on, yeah, it's going down. Go, we're going down. It's going but down. That,
1: you know, <laughs> that's to be expected.
0: Right, it's that time of the year. Well, let's talk about the blizzard that we may have dodged, and it sounds ooh, like it's not really going talking, to amount to much You're of talking a Wisconsin. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, so, oh boy, if we had recorded this a couple days earlier, we might have had a different conversation because the weather models were pretty. I wouldn't say adamant, but bullish anyway, on a significant winter storm clipping Minnesota. If anyone just tuned in, there is not going to be a significant yes. winter storm yes. clipping Minnesota. <laughs> no
0: 1991 yeah. blizzard. We, on we had the a way. close
1: call on some of the models. In fact, last week the the European model was quite insistent that we were going to get pounded, and it kind of held on, uh, but the. Other models were naysaying, and it seems like everything has snapped into kind of a series of snowfalls. Uh, one we already had, precipitation over the weekend in Wisconsin, and then two more waves, but mostly hitting Wisconsin. Minnesota's not going to see much, but it is, Jim, going to be chilly. I think you alluded to that.
0: Yes. <laughs> so bundle up the trick-or-treaters, correct?
1: Yeah, and everyone. I mean, the chaperones, too. <laughs> uh, you know, have a hat, wear gloves. It's going to be chilly out. I mean, we're now almost used to it, right? I mean, you've been outside the last several days. Aside from Friday, it's been pretty chilly the last week. And
0: uh, kind of some brisk winds, too, every now and then. Yeah,
1: so we've, we've really already had a decent taste of it. I think the temperatures are going to drop a little beyond where we've been so far, at least in parts of southern and central Minnesota. You know, Twin Cities, haven't gone deeply below freezing yet. Uh, We have gone below freezing, but not deeply, and uh, that might be by the end of this week, by Halloween, it'll be a little different. We will have uh, taken a dive. We're going to colder places.
0: Well, it may be, at least from a temperature standpoint, a preview of coming attractions. (laughs) And uh, I understand that there are some kind of ominous projections for how this winter might play out.
1: Well, you know, Yeah, we should be clear that we don't really know. There's a little bit of mystery involved. But one of the things that certainly has our attention is, you you know, for the last, the majority of the last two, even three decades, Minnesota has lacked winter. It really has. And any kind of really deep winter conditions that we've gotten have been fleeting, They have not lasted, but we've had two exceptions now. One was the 2013-14 winter, and the other was the 2018-19 winter, especially the second half, where from, really from late January in through mid-April, it just did not stop. It just did not stop. And uh, one of the the interesting statistics to come out of this was, you know, if you recall the, the Winter before that, we had a big snowstorm. Well, we had, right after Christmas, we had the coldest final week of December, one of the coldest on record throughout much of Minnesota. And then, so we're talking about the 17-18 winter. And then kind of normal winter conditions, but a big snowstorm in the Twin Cities in January statewide, and another statewide blizzard in mid-April. And those two events pushed a lot of stations in southern and central Minnesota into sort of top 10 snowfall territory. We had a couple other snows in April that year. So the 2017-18 winter ended up being one of the snowiest on record in much of Minnesota. Well, we did that again last year with uh, not the snowiest, but one of the snowiest winters in a lot of, you know, the Twin Cities. It was, I think, a top 15 snowiest winter winter in uh, parts of far southern Minnesota it was a top 10. And one of the interesting things is we haven't had two winters in a row in the Twin Cities, two winters in a row that exceed 75 inches. We've only done that a couple times. Uh, the 1950s we did it and we did it in the last two winters. So one of the things we're concerned about is well what if we do it three winters in a row? We know some local <laughs> meteorologists have already forecast that big snowy winter coming but uh, there are some ominous signs that we can't exactly hang our hats on because we, can't, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Right. It's too far out. But starting, uh, you know, even though the statistics tell us October doesn't have much predictive power over the rest of winter, it's hard to find too many winters where you had winter-like conditions in October. You know, we've had accumulating snow to our northwest up in far northwest Minnesota and North Dakota. We've had that already. We've had accumulating snow along the North Shore in the Lutzen area. And now we're going to have accumulating snow to our southeast in Wisconsin and Iowa. And it's kind of hard to look at each of those and not sort of conclude, wow, maybe it's arrived. And if it's arrived, then there's concern that we're in for another long winter there really hasn't been much indication that we've gotten out of our wet pattern just yet. And so if it is a cold winter and we remain in a wet pattern, that would be cold and snowy. And I think a lot of people are ready for a different, maybe a slightly different tune. Oh yes. Yeah, it sounds like you might be.
0: <laughs> Definitely
1: ready. What would you like from this winter? Less precipitation, less snow. Yeah, I think that's a lot of us. Uh, in the in our my real job, we talk about I could use a break, you know, I, I, I certainly am sensitive to the some of the facts of the changing winter and that it, as comfortable as it can be, it's not always good for everything, but uh, a slightly a mild winter with uh, so a lot of sunshine it sounds yes, kind of nice to me. would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> sounds kind of nice. I don't know, uh, as much as I love winter, as much as I love snow and cold, I, I think a I think maybe a mild one would be nice.
0: Well, it sounds like the precipitation pattern, which may persist into winter, uh, is gonna leave us with a fairly wet October when we close it out here on the 31st.
1: Yeah, we're gonna be uh, anywhere from sort of above normal to way above normal, depending on where you are in the state. Parts of northwestern Minnesota are ridiculously wet. October is gonna end up as near record wet for many of those areas. Southern Minnesota, southeastern Minnesota will just be wet. You know, the areas around Rochester, which are kind of gunning for, you know, more record precipitation, uh, we've slowed down a little bit in the last week or two. And uh, that's, I th- like you mentioned, I think we'll take it. Uh, we don't need to break a record every year. But yeah, October is going to finish off cold and, uh, and wet across the entirety of Minnesota. It's going to be a... Even if we stay dry for the rest of the month, and even if we weren't getting colder, which we are, it would be a a cold and wet month. Well, this wet
0: fall has certainly presented some real challenges for farmers at harvest time. Is there any benefit, though, to going into the winter with good soil moisture for farmers?
1: I mean, I suppose if we had been in a, a series of droughts, you know, and had repeated drought over the last several years, then ending with really wet soils in the fall would, would be a little bit of an insurance policy for the farmers who I'm sure would assume that they would be coming back into a drought-like condition in the spring and would want to hedge against that with as much soil moisture as possible. But when you've already been as wet as we've been, I, it's hard to see the benefits. The only real benefit to having a lot of moisture in the soil is again if we flip into a really dry pattern. And the growing season begins dry, we would have some moisture in reserve, but you know, it wouldn't last that long anyway. It doesn't take long for that moisture to come out of the soil, so especially if it's really dry. So it's hard to find a lot of real benefits to it. Uh, I think farmers would like something normal and not to be abnormally wet and then to offset the abnormal wetness with a drought. I don't think that's what they would like. I think, you know, something kind of normal. Yeah. And we are going into, uh, you know, most of us probably don't really have a firm understanding of exactly how wh- why soil moisture matters. So we could just explain briefly that, you know, in the wintertime, soils freeze. And the more moisture that's in the soil when it freezes, the the, the less water that can get into the soils, both during the spring runoff and also during, during winter. And so the depth of the... You know, deeply frozen soils uh, that are filled with water can be really dangerous if you then get a lot of precipitation. So if you have a lot of snow on the ground and then it all melts, it's only gonna run off into rivers. Or if as the snow is melting, you get a lot of rain, that, again, that deep ice in the soil is gonna start to prevent, it's gonna prevent the water from going into the soil and instead it's gonna run off. So we look at soil moisture as one of the precursors for spring flooding and that's that's kind of its main role i mean (laughs) it doesn't uh
0: we've talked about this before in previous episodes about how all of this rain and if we get a lot of snow in the early part of winter or even whenever in winter it could set the stage for some flooding come spring
1: yeah and you know there are soil physicists at the university uh one in particular who's, who's recently retired but is still pretty active in research who who really insists that the wet conditions from one year absolutely affect river levels and runoff the next year? That uh, as you know, moisture flows, as moisture gets soaked up by the soil, uh, new any new water that's added to it just can't can't be retained by the soil, so you end up with more in the rivers, and so he actually can find a signal. In, in other words, can see a previous year's wet conditions reflected in the next year's river hydrology. And so uh, you know even if we do dry out a little bit and re- resume normal conditions, uh, this particular professor contends that we would still see heightened stream levels because of the most recent years' wet soils. So yeah, there are some there's some things to watch out for and you know it's been tough for hydrologists and and climatologists not to be kind of doom and gloom about this but uh... it has been a difficult time for farmers it, it really has we uh... you know for most of the year it had been soybeans and corn that had been hit pretty hard and then with a wet fall in northwest minnesota the sugar beets jumped in and now you know i guess we haven't heard much from the specialty crops the small crops and the you know the fruits and vegetables but uh, you know, it's been, it's been wet over almost all of the state.
0: Now, we finally saw an end to the Twin Cities growing season just a few days ago. Yeah. Is this unusual? Did we get uh, more bang for our buck this year in terms of a growing season, or was this fairly typical?
1: Well, you know, the Twin Cities is a little different from the rest of Minnesota. So much of the rest of the state had its first frost in, you know, October between October 10th and October 15th. And so the Twin Cities... Uh, Because of that urban heat island, which is what affects the airport record, the Twin Cities tends to be uh, a little bit later with the first uh, thaw, or with, I'm sorry, a little bit later with the first freeze. And then, you know, in the springtime, there's a similar heating effect where uh, the last freeze might come a little bit earlier. And so that tends to expand the Twin Cities growing season. But we should remember out in greater Minnesota, where most of the stuff grows, it ended earlier. It really was shut down by October fifteenth over most of Minnesota, and the statistics from the spring are a little bit skewed because the Twin Cities, uh, you know, also had its final freeze of winter uh, much earlier than most other places in Minnesota. So that cake kind of gave us an artificially extended growing season, uh, but yeah. It, it still was probably a little bit longer than the average, even when you account for the really late, uh, the really late freezes of April and even early May in parts of Minnesota. There were just, uh, you know, we, we did make it well into October. We didn't have any September freeze ups. So, yeah, I I mean, in that regard, we might have gotten more bang for a buck. But again, you know, the farmers are hoping to hedge against every possible outcome. I mean, it's been wet. and uh, and they've had a hard time getting into the fields, and so the longer that they have to do so, the better. Well,
0: I've heard more people this year, Kenny, comment to me than I can ever recall in past falls about how vibrant the colors appeared. Now, I know you're not an arborist, but any theories as to why the colors seemed uh, just so incredible this fall? Well, we
1: had abundant moisture. I mean, and that's a primary source. I mean, the, the trees, all the plants, they like moisture and they like sunlight, right? And uh, we could argue, I think we can make the case, this wasn't a particularly sunny year. We really have, uh, you know, especially in the fall, but we did have abundant moisture and you know it's all about the sugars, right? The trees that um, produce the sugars and that's kind of reflected in the colors that we see. I think that some of it is just good luck too, Jim, we had, at the, at the time where we had peak color, we also had nice amounts of sunlight, so you would really notice it. Uh, we either had contrast against a blue sky, or contrast against the cloudy white sky, and they're, they're, they're pretty good viewing conditions, um, but yeah, you know, I have to say we, we live near the Minnehaha Parkway, which puts on a pretty vibrant color display every year. I also heard from people in other parts of Minnesota that colors seemed pretty muted this year. Okay. So I think it depends on on where you were, or that or that there was nothing special or magical about the season. Right. So it, it's hard to know. I mean, I I guess if listeners want to tell us up on the North Shore where you'd pay good money to see the colors up there, (laughs) or in southeast Minnesota in the maple forests. Well, then maybe uh, if people saw, you know, great colors there, then I think I'd take that pretty seriously. But I don't have a comprehensive report from around the state, is what I'm saying. Okay. But we did have, you know, a relatively long growing window and a lot of moisture and not, you know, it was a lot of moisture, but it's not like it killed all the trees. So we had a lot of a lot of water being conducted through those systems and uh, a lot of a lot of growing fuel in there
0: well we would be remiss if we didn't talk about an anniversary of a very unusual event <laughs> and it's for not the
1: one people October. think you're about to say no no people think what do people think you're about to say
0: they're going to talk about the halloween
1: yeah, blizzard now, absolutely yeah, we, yeah different time exactly uh, we could do that in five seconds in right. 1991 a whole lot of snow <laughs> fell over all of minnesota closed down schools for several days in some places And it really uh, shaped that winter. Okay, but what were you going to mention, Jim?
0: Well, this event took place on October 26, 1996. (sighs) Ah. And, uh, Kenny, you had mentioned that same October, there had actually been tornadoes on three days that month. And, of course, tornadoes that late in October. And that many tornado days in October had to be quite unusual.
1: Yeah, we actually had three separate systems come through. One... You know, I don't remember the dates exactly. One was the 26th, one was the 29th, and one was, I want to say, the 16th. But in any case, there were three different kind of compact low pressure systems that were able to produce just enough heat and humidity and had just enough ambient spin in the atmosphere that thunderstorms, small, generally isolated thunderstorms, broke out and they began to rotate. And then some of those thunderstorms produced tornadoes. And you know, it is odd to have tornadoes in October in Minnesota, but it's especially odd to have the conditions that pr- to produce tornadoes three different times. But the big one is the one you're talking about, October right. 26th. And we're in 1996, which, as you know, Jim, was about to become a really spectacular and even devastating winter in its own right. But this was kind of the, uh, I don't know if I'd call it the opening salvo or the, the closing shots of summer, but uh, yeah... How many tornadoes were officially confirmed? Uh, it said that 14
0: tornadoes yeah. touched down. Uh, there were nine more tornadoes in South Dakota, three in Nebraska. And the really interesting thing about this, from 1950 to 1995, there had only been 10 October tornadoes total in Minnesota. Yeah.
1: I mean, not real common. I, right. I, I, as a kid, it was almost unheard of. And I remember these events in 1996 because there were three different days when we were in tornado watches. And now a tornado watch is a pretty... That's an official product from the Storm Prediction Center. And if you're in a tornado watch, well, that means the conditions are right. That means the forecasters are actually expecting it. And uh, yeah, to, to have those conditions three times, but this one day... I believe several of those tornadoes on uh, the 26th were actually rated at F2, yes. and they did pretty substantial damage, and they did damage in communities that, you know, I mean, they were in and around uh, well-known towns in western and central Minnesota, so uh, this is one of, you know, we, we talk a lot about the Halloween blizzard, but October has lots of tricks up its sleeves.
0: All right. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but was the latest tornado in Minnesota, that was in November, correct? We've had
1: tornadoes in November, and as recently as 2012, we did have tornadoes in November that, that, that year. And so 2012 marks the year with the longest tornado season on record, because we also had tornadoes in March of that year. And March of 2012, if any listeners remember... It was an unreal March. It just absolutely obliterated all of the warm temperature records for March in Minnesota because we had, in the Twin Cities, we had, I think, eight or nine days with the temperature at 70 or, or wow. above. We had one or two days where the temperature hit 80. We had humidity, and we had thunderstorms, and some of those thunderstorms were sev- severe and tornadic. So, yeah, 2012 was the last time we had November tornadoes in Minnesota, and we should mention That's as far as the tornado calendar expands, March through November in Minnesota. And one of the things, we don't know when it's going to happen, but one of the things you got to keep your eye on is what about winter tornadoes? Is that ever going to be observed in Minnesota? We've seen them as late as, well, we've seen them in January in both Iowa and Wisconsin. And so some might... Maybe do. Yeah, I don't know. Do or as winters continue to warm to the conditions that support them. And you always got to ask is this going to be the year with a winter tornado in Minnesota? Wow. Haven't seen it yet.
0: Yes. Who knows? Well, there have been so many strange weather happenings over the years that uh, we probably shouldn't rule it out entirely. Yeah,
1: I, I wouldn't do that.
0: Okay. Well, once again, Kenny, what can we expect for the remainder of the week, and especially on Halloween?
1: Yeah, turning colder. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> can you believe it? Can you believe it? I mean, I went in, okay, so I, I ride my bike a lot, I ride my bike to work, and I am wearing pretty much my regular winter gear. I mean, obviously, I don't ride when it's extraordinarily cold, but I ride when it's cold, and I'm right i'm wearing my winter gear which is a balaclava you know a head warmer right a uh i got two layers underneath a windproof shell and then sort of insulated gloves and i'm already wearing that it's already it's already too cold to bike with just you know my fingers exposed and without without my ears covered at least and it's gonna get colder right temperatures are going to fall so what the problem that we have and we should Back up a little bit is there's a cold front that's going to be associated with a storm that will miss us. So the the storm is going to pass off to our southeast. It's going to uh, it's going to hit Iowa. It's going to hit Wisconsin, and it's going to drop a lot of precipitation in the Chicago, Milwaukee areas. And there's going to be a cold front that comes through and helps sort of direct some of that really cold air into the snowy snowy areas around Madison, Wisconsin. But that cold front has to pass through us, so we are going to uh, probably get into the 20s again uh, over much of Minnesota Wednesday night, Thursday, Thursday night, Friday, and you know, I don't know. Some of our listeners probably hunt, and the firearms o- deer opener is on uh, begins Saturday morning, and I would expect conditions to be similar to last the last two years which would be uh, generally in the temperatures in the teens in far northern Minnesota, 20s central Minnesota, maybe the 30s in southern Minnesota, and then rising maybe 10 degrees above that during the, the first day. So generally cold conditions, not a lot of precipitation in Minnesota, maybe some you know, some light precipitation and some light snow, but no big accumulations anywhere in the state over the next uh, week or so. After that, it looks like the cold pattern continues. We'll have to look at it next week and see if uh, any bigger storms approach us. Some of the indications I've seen have been that, you know, over the next week, there may be an inch or so of snow across much of Minnesota, but nothing major. Heaviest snow is going to be to our south and east. Minnesota will just be cool.
0: And these are unusually cold temperatures for this time of the year. I think in the Twin Cities now, what's our average? Maybe low 50s? Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't be as cold as we are. Right, right. Yeah, you
1: shouldn't have days where the temperature doesn't, I mean, it's not unheard of, but usually the temperature is above 40 during right, the day right. and, uh, and above 30 at night. And I think we're going to below 40 during the day and below 30 at night for a few days at least.
0: So, in a nutshell, make sure you're dressed warmly if you are out trick-or-treating on the 31st, and just be prepared for colder than average weather over the next few days.
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's a good year to be a bear for Halloween.
0: (laughs) It's a good year. Think your costume.
1: Have your costume
0: appropriate for the weather. Yes, it's a
1: good. It's not a great year. You know, it's not a great year for that. You know. Halloween bikini. Yes, exactly, no, not exactly. So
0: great. <laughs> this is way over our heads. A weather and climate podcast. We're recording at the town hall in South Minneapolis. Kenny Blumenfeld's climatologist. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny, always great talking to you.
1: Good talking with you, and we'll do it next time. Thanks, Jim.